tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops. So let's imagine that is. It is in fact possible for you to chug faster than the speed of light, and in doing so, travel back in time. It would still be wildly irresponsible. I knew you were going to say this. Yes, because Bling, if you were to go into the past, any interaction you have with your parents or yourself, you join the wrong game of beer pong or flip cup, you have no idea what the consequences of that could be. No, I, I, I know. The, the, the beard or fly effect, right? Yes. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. This is our 227th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We're the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we continue our look at super heroic flops with a film that tried to run before it walked, The Flash. I am the leader of this time-traveling troupe, The Thunderous Wizard, along with me tonight for this eerie look into the multiverse are the only other person I know who has put a baby in a microwave for safekeeping, obviously, Chumzilla. Uh, allegedly. And uh, the baby is fine. Thank you very much. Hey, I said for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have College Berry's roommate, Gary, the man with a bitchin' tattoo of Eric Stoltz from Back to the Future, Bling Blake. You know that you you look exactly like Eric Stoltz, right? From Back to the Future, that's you? You look exactly like him? I have a little stolts in me. Perhaps. I can't believe you ad-libbed and stole my joke, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> everyone has a little stolts them <clears throat> in them, except for the evil anti-stolts. Yeah, sometimes I feel like... Michael J. Fox has no stolts in him. Huh! Yeah. Rest in peace, Mojo Nixon. Uh, is that not the best time travel alternate reality joke we've seen in the comic book movie yet? It's fantastic. Not only oh, that, but Kevin, Kevin Bacon is Maverick and Michael yep. J. Fox is in Footloose. Like, That's you funny. Mean, you mean the, the movie with the gay guys who play volleyball and fly planes? It was fantastic. Great <laughs> joke. And I love, you know, guys, I love Top Gun. It's like all-time favorite. Yeah, the volleyball movie. Side Out? Oh, God. <laughs> what I wouldn't do for some side out right now. And lastly, we have the man whose ego is far too big to say thank you to any of us. Captain Cash. I want you to know you're all wet spaghetti. All right. Uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit. Except for Blake. He's, if anything, he's a couple of meatballs, if you know what he's I mean. Bulging spaghetti. Yeah. Meatballs so, marinara. You guys, can that be my new nickname? Sure. Too late. You already yeah. chose it. You're stuck. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of sauce in my pants. So, <laughs> points of order. You can find the show on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook threads at Hops and Bo Flops. The Flash is available to stream on a, a Max. I almost said HBO. Whoa, don't get me Zazlav, you sack of shit. Uh, I, I own do, it, of course. I uh, we've not done it, but I eventually want to talk about why why you would not do HBO as opposed to Max. I don't know, One man. is a in, like infinitely stronger brand, and the other 
is mainly known for 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. programming, which is of just softcore porn. Yeah, like exactly. You, yeah. You've got prestige television, literally the home box office, or, you know, we run Skinamax. And All somewhere right. Showtime is just weeping in the corner like, hey, don't forget about us. Hey, yeah. listen, what, listen, listen, didn't you guys. Showtime we had have, Californication. Have... Didn't they have Red Shoe Diaries on uh, Showtime? Oh yeah, Showtime. Lots some, of David Duchovny, yeah. right? Smut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Red Shoe Di- nice was that USA Network? No, no, no. No, you're thinking of Silk Stockings. Oh, that's what it was. That and GoBots, man. What are you gonna do? Oh man, we are dating ourselves. Oh wow, we are up all night. So hold on, hold on, guys. You know what? I'm gonna drop off the pod. I just checked. There's a LaFemme Nikita marathon going on right now. I'm out. Is it hosted by the AI voice of Gilbert Godfrey? Because I'm in. (laughs) We can only hope. So let's talk beer. Tonight we're drinking Ale Smith's Speedway Stout. It had speed in the name, so I felt that checked a significant box. It has chocolate and roasted malts that dominate its flavor. Uh, Those are supported by notes of dark fruit, toffee, and caramel. And it has a healthy dose of locally roasted coffee added to it. I'm not going to lie, guys. At 12% ABV, this tastes like I'm drinking gasoline. And therefore, delicious, delicious gasoline. I will give it a half of movie. Oh, this is worse than the time the raccoon got caught in the copier. Absolute coward. It's a lot, man. And you know my tum tum is sensitive. So listen, I'm I I like high octane dark beers. This beer is it's a lot. I like I like it. But it is one movie. It is very sweet. I'm just not sure it's uh yeah. Okay, I'll I'll give you one. I could do one movie because I think I could do two of these and, and I'd be good. But after that, you're kind of you're done. I think you're playing a deadly game if you go for three. It comes in a four pack, and if you did all four, forget it. You're gonna wake up unhappy with your life. Yeah. So let's get back to the flash. This movie was directed by Andy Muschietti who is uh, of It and It Part 2 fame or infamy, if you're talking about the latter. I mean, look, I'm not trying to say that It 2 was good, but think about the material he had to work with. Like, a bunch of children being chased by a scary clown is threatening. A bunch of adults being chased by a scary clown is sort of silly. That's not his fault. I still like It Chapter 2. It's I not just, bad. It's Great just cast. Not, uh, nearly as good. Yeah. No, did hard agree. See, uh, did you guys see Bill Skarsgård got busted bringing weed to the Stockholm airport? Yeah. And I was going to respond to that with like, <laughs> so <laughs> you ever get arrested in Stockholm for selling? <laughs> uh, it's mean, ridiculous. Come on. It's weed. It, like, that doesn't like, so shouldn't you have a guy for that? I feel like you should have a guy for that. No, dude, nobody will sell to him anymore after he tried to kill John Wick. That guy's persona non grata now. He's been mm. expelled. Yeah, he's uh, okay. that and all the child murders. Yeah, that too. I mean, mostly the John Wick stuff because a lot of people hate children. Know. But the weasel still gets work. So, yeah, Good somehow, point. some way, we'll talk. We won't talk about that tonight. But the Flash stars Ezra Creedence Barebone Miller as Barry Allen slash the Flash. You've got Michael slash Windsor. Barry Allen slash. Yeah. Barry Allen slash the Dark Flash. Yeah. Uh, Yinzer Keaton as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Our second most important Pittsburgher. 
Yeah. You've got Sasha, the young and the restless Callie as Kara Zorel slash Supergirl. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about her later and just uh, how much I think it kind of sucks that, you know, she got caught up in the whirlwind of this universe imploding on itself because I like her in this movie. She is by far the least biggest problem of this film. Uh, you've got Kersey Neighbors 2, Clemens as Iris West, Ron Office Space Livingston as Henry Allen, Maribel Verdu as Nora Allen, as well as a host of DCU familiars such as Gal Gadot, Jeremy Irons, who, P.S., thank you for the tomatoes, uh, Michael Shannon, and more. So uh, why... Ben Affleck? Yes. Ben Affleck? Yes, Ben well, why... Affleck is here. Why dump Billy Crudup? He had he had conflicting scheduling. Couldn't really? what I mean, he means to say is he had better shit to do. No, I, 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 he's Ron on like Livingston's the, fine. I just thought it was the, a weird like recasting. The, uh, okay, so it's, he's it's on like the morning show. Like, come on. Okay, yeah, it was he's a scheduling just, thing. Okay, scheduling conflicts. This, you know, this movie took uh, nine plus years to make. So I think yeah. at some point he was like, "All right, uh, you know, moving I, on. I got to do I, something. I here. have to eat." <laughs> Now, I'm just saying, if you go into the deeper depths of Reddit, I did see somewhere that he demanded to hang Dong in homage to Dr. Manhattan. They wouldn't let him do it. I so mean, when... he is in prison. He, I heard that he wanted to have a bitch. Like, he was going to be on the call with Barry and be like, hold on, I got to smack my bitch. I just heard it was going to be a shower scene. We're just going to yeah. get some full frontal crud up. But they said no, if... and he dropped out. Do you think if crud up goes full flop, in the flash, the flash flops. I mean, it'll always it's always gonna flop. No. Would it flop more or flop if less? The, if the lead I'll tell you who's not gonna water. be flopping. I'm pretty sure it's gonna flop a little bit to the left. Great anyway. All I know is he requested to be called hardcore Henry in the rewrite that he submitted to the studio, and they're like, you got the wrong movie, buddy. Anyways. The Flash's journey to the big screen was a bumpy ride. It was originally announced Slightly. in October 2014. Uh, I'd see a host of writers and directors attached, then detached from it. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. For now, though, expectations were sky high up until the announcement, and really even after it, of Gunn's soon-to-be relaunched DCU, which there was vague murmurings that, oh, maybe it'll be a soft reboot. Everybody knew that was bullshit. And I did they I feel like if this made money, it would have been a soft reboot to let them do whatever they wanted. I don't think so. Black Adam made three times more than the Suicide Squad movie he made, and he still couldn't wait to get rid of that. So, yeah, but that was bad, too. Yeah, but it made money. And his movie did it it made four hundred million dollars on on a two hundred million dollar budget, which is what he had. And he made one hundred and sixty million dollars. So. I, I don't know what else to tell you. They I both suck. One of them made oh. money, one didn't. One so. was a pet project. Yeah. One made a lot less money, and nobody liked either. Listen, I don't know. I'm just saying, it was pretty clear when he announced his slate of movies, starting with Creature Commando, that none of these people were coming back. It wasn't even like a guess. Uh, there was, within days after he announced that, Pretty much everyone knew that Jason Momoa wasn't going to be Aquaman anymore. But we he got had an been Aquaman movie, though. Something else that was in the can. It was, yeah, it was already done. So, yeah. well, and let's not downplay the fact that Ezra Miller had, had also basically sabotaged his career 
while this was in post, right? Okay, and we're gonna talk about that. A lot of that. I mean, there was a lot of stuff dragging this thing down. But that a lot of that seemed to be much ado about nothing because, in all in all, I think he got one misdemeanor. Yeah, I mean, I I did watch him choke slam a woman. And in Finland, it's just a lot of bad gentlemen, and, and what oh, happened? Oh, with that? Gentlemen, nothing. Gentlemen, no, let's no charges were filed. Ezra's Nothing preferred happened. pronouns. They. Yeah. Oh, that's they. true. Yeah. I so, did watch them slow choke slam a woman. I don't want to endlessly speculate on what he did or did not, or what they did or did not do. Obviously, it hurt the film to the Fair. tune of only this making two hundred. 97 or 271.3 million that seems like a lot because movies with far more problematic people have still crushed ass at the box office so i don't know what to say anyways some of the excitement around this movie keaton coming back to dawn the cowl for the first time in more than 30 years uh the test scores from audiences were apparently as high as they'd been since the dark night which again kind of crazy after seeing what we got but well, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff later, too, when we, we get into the ending of the film, because this movie, um, Mush- Muschietti was a good soldier, and he made some edits to his film in the interest of the higher-ups that I think hurt the movie. And honestly, if the universe was going to end anyways, then why? But we'll get there. Uh, now... Before we get to our one sentence descriptions, I did say this grossed 271.3 million worldwide. It costs around 220. There was obviously other charges that that uh, probably bumped that, that up. Led yeah. to the less than successful outing. Yeah, yeah and, I'm uh, sure this movie had a lot of baked in costs it was carrying forward. Anyways, so 55 Metacritic, 63 on Rotten Tomatoes. Reviews were not terrible, not great. Somewhere in the middle, and at the end of the day, I mean, I really enjoy this movie, but yeah, I'd say it's like a seven out of ten, so probably right in line with that. Uh, so let's do our one sentence descriptions. But first, the IMDb description of this movie is: Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. Uh, Chumzilla, why don't you go first and give us your one-sentence description of The Flash? Batman 89 gets his proper send-off in a broadened DCEU, but too bad it was in a made-for-TV Flash movie. I I think that's overly harsh, but sure. Uh, Captain Cash. From the studio that brought you the death of Superman in the second outing of Superman comes the most significant Flash movie in the first Flash movie. Uh, well, that's true. I mean, the the uh, TV show was around, but yes, there'd been no real big screen Flash solo there films. There was no Captain Boom. I mean, there was a Captain Boomerang, but we never saw Flash fight him, really. There yeah, was we no saw him arrest him. Master. There was no Trapster. There was well, no any of the Flash villains. Dr. Zoom. Okay. Um, uh, I think we saw enough of Captain Boomerang, and James I, killed him, so... The- the biggest loud. problem with the first Suicide Squad movie was not enough Captain Boomerang. I stand by it. Yeah, yeah that, I, that was I, the biggest Jordan, problem with that movie. Yeah, <laughs> he was good in that. He, he, he was, uh, yes, uh, he was charming. Yeah, you sh- you shut up. It's Blink Blake's turn. Go ahead, oh, Blink Blake. Are we we're doing time, time travel? We're doing time travel? Uh, all right. Barry Allen and the Beer to Fly effect. Time cop! 
Okay, so I yeah. would just say take one part Flashpoint, one part Batman 89, remove six parts Flashpoint, and give us a movie that could have been a lot better because Flashpoint fucking rules. Yeah. I, I'm going to jump on Captain Cash's point here for a second, though. One of my biggest ongoing beefs with the oh, Snyderverse was killing Superman so soon because okay, they ran but out of guess ideas. What? We're, not, we're not talking about this that, movie and goes, I don't care. This movie goes straight to killing Supergirl with no buildup and nothing earned okay, there so, just to rip off Crisis just, on just shut up, Earth. Shut up. Shut up. <clears throat> shut up. We'll talk about the ending of the movie later, and then you can complain about it all you want. By the way, I happen to like the ending of this movie because unlike all comic book movies, it actually has the courage to say, guess what? Sometimes these assholes can't figure it out. There is no winning in this scenario. And you shouldn't have fucked around with time in the first place. Anyways. I mean, uh, that's that's my biggest problem with the actual movie. So, plot of the Flash. After juggling some babies and a less than encouraging call with his dad, Barry discovers that he can run so fast he can essentially go back in time. We need to stop for a second and talk about the baby juggling because, wow. I I enjoy the scene. I just, it's a combination of the CGI is very bad and it is very awkward and I just this is one of those we had an idea on paper but no one was around on the day to go you know what this isn't working because it does not well here's the problem with saying nobody was around on the day to say this isn't working yo no I know that's fair took about six months in post to finish that scene and honestly it doesn't bug me I saw the movie in IMAX and there were some certainly there's some CGI issues. Most of it I don't care about, but I love the yeah. Batman portion of this scene so much. Mm. Uh, my kids really love the baby juggling stuff. And when you see your kids smile and they think it's fun, I'm not going to get all butthurt about something silly. He saves the kids. It's funny. It's silly. It's whatever. Yeah. It's much no, less no. annoying than the little girl on the street going, Oh my God, the flash. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things that as an adult and a parent, it takes a slightly different tone than if you're a kid watching it. And yeah, I would I would compare it to to like that transformation scene in Blue Beetle that it's like, hold on, this is this is a little body horror here. Hold on, babies are in danger. Like, what am I supposed to be feeling? It's a it's slightly a mixed emotion scene. And I think I had a better time accepting the Blue Beetle stuff. Than I did this. Some, something about the tone of it just didn't quite land with me. But yeah, I mean, it's not it's not the worst part of the movie. No, it's not. And then it, it does also introduce the I haven't had enough food, so I can't speed force, which never comes up again. Yeah, it, I wish again, there was more of that, but it, I think it, it really does. just served it to does. make the joke of him like him stopping in the middle of saving the babies to, to break into the burrito. vending machine. Yeah. One, yeah. one of the issues Just with added the some film in general is that uh, and you have to really love the Flash to get some of the things. It's like, oh, this is this shit only the Flash can do. Or, of course, the Flash would need to eat. And it just kind of throws him in there because it's like, hey, if you love the Flash, look at this. Like, oh, he does this tornado. And, oh, he can do this electric charge like uh, the Emperor. But they they don't really explain any of it very well. It's just there because it's like, hey, if you like the Flash, you'll like this. Yeah, and yeah. I think a big thing to say there too is that they give the Flash his proper yellow lightning in this movie. And it was like, also to show Arbery. that his his new suit 
was a lot more responsive to his needs as the Flash than the one he had prior. I, I just that go, he built himself. Yeah, I'll just go on the record and say the suit and the ring thing. I love that because that's straight from the comics. That's the Flash that I knew uh, growing up. I, I love that. That was yeah, a nice little nostalgia. Back in my day. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a good nostalgia okay. moment. So, so Bruce, of course, warns him that going back in time could have disastrous results. But like all impetuous people, Barry says, screw it. I'm going back in time to save my mom and keep my dad out of jail. But if it, any one hero were to tell him that, wouldn't be fucking Batman. Batman would absolutely go back in time. His whole life is about trying to save his pay- No, no. Fine. His whole life is about... Trying to make writing, good on the fact he couldn't do yes, anything when his parents were killed. Vengeance. Yeah. I it's just, not about uh, going it's, it's fine. It's fine. We're moving on. It would actually be Superman. We've already seen him do it. In Batman's film. a fascist. So He is. Uh, but moving on. Anyways, it's just a hop skip and a tomato can away. Uh, tomato can secured. Barry prepares to head home. But during his jaunt through time, a mysterious figure appears and punches him out of the speed force. This Barry is now in an alternate timeline, one where his mom is very much alive, his dad is very much not in prison, and his college self has partaken in far too many recreational drugs. Far too many feels judgy. He fe- he has taken the appropriate amount of recreational <laughs> drugs for college. Let's not be judgy. I, I love College Barry a lot. I love his whole introduction. I, I love College Barry. College Barry is clearly an asshole. In the way that all college kids are assholes. He's just minus so the ones great. that are actually, you know, there to study. Uh, so in this timeline, it is the day Barry gained his powers. Thus, he must ensure that his moronic college self does so as well. That process unintentionally makes him normal again. Now the idiot is fast and he's slow. Also, one of my favorite scenes is him jaunting around, <laughs> around the station. He's like, I'm slow now. And he runs just like many a terrible rugby player I've played with. That that loping sweep-armed gait as he squeaks his tennis shoes on the marble floor. I just, I love it. I think it's so funny. It is good comedy. Uh, Worse, though, General Zod's ship has just appeared in the cosmos. What? So, in a reality with no apparent metahumans, how the hell are they going to deal with this fascist nutbag? You get another fascist nutbag. That's the answer. Dun, dun, dun. The only thing that stops a bad fascist is a good fascist. Dun, 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 Batman. No, not Adam West, although he appears later. Bat Bash. <laughs> Wait, what? Only this Batman is an old man who loves cooking and is technically retired. Also, it's Michael fucking Keaton. And this rules on so many goddamn levels. Okay, I just want to say. When they were doing the kitchen kung fu, if they had somehow gotten Chris O'Donnell as Robin after the the laundry kung fu to be kitchen kung fu Robin, that would have bought way more goodwill with me. I have bad news. That Robin also, he he caught McGregor syndrome from Alfred and died. If anything, he caught McGregor syndrome from Batgirl. Because oh, 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 no. yeah. when oh, he no. gets really creepy when she's at the door, who oh, oh, how old are you? It uh, should have been Marlon Wayne. 30, Chris O'Donnell. So up the brakes, buddy. Yeah, no, Marlon Wayne's all the way. It should have been Marlon Wayne's. So anyway, they discover 
that an alien did crash land on Earth years before and is being held at a Russian black site prison. Man, Dick Cheney would be so proud. After ser- serving them up some bat knuckle sandwiches, they rescue the Kryptonian, but it's not Superman. It's Kara Zor-El, a.k.a. Supergirl. Which they, all of this is very heavily borrowed from actual Flashpoint. From Flashpoint, in which Superman is held in an American black site mm. and is extremely gaunt because he's suffering under a red sun and he emerges to mostly kill people and then True. fly away. But uh, I I did appreciate the Kara being emaciated and and just, you know, in a bad way until yes, yeah. she's brought into the sun. That I thought that was and and I will say it did it so much service to the character of the Flash that this isn't who we're look like they, they went there looking for Superman. They found Kara and Barry's like, no, we have to save her anyway. She clearly needs help. Yeah. Great character work, great hero work from the yeah. Flash there. That was <laughs> because good. that's what heroes do. Exactly. And great costume on Supergirl, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's that's, that's probably the best design in the movie. Uh I'm sorry, the best design is Batman's bat uh measuring tape. I his entire bat utility belt is so great. Uh, I did I did appreciate that how much you weigh. Like that it the let's get nuts callback was a little on the nose. It's a little on the nose for sure. Oh fuck you, that was great. It, to be fair, that's so for was, us. I'm that's something us. of a scientist myself in far in no way home. hundred percent. Same thing. That's for us. That is for us, and it's awesome. I, um, I remember when he said that for the first time. Yeah, exactly. That's where I'm like, I mean, all right. I will. We're going to talk about our favorite superheroic scenes later and about the joy of seeing Keaton again. But I will just say everything with Keaton in this movie, I love. I think Keaton he has was, some was of the by best far not the issue. Batman scenes ever in this movie. But we'll get there because the team goes on to fight Zod to dismal results because no matter how hard they try, Losing is inevitable. Barry, the smart one, realizes this. Oh, he got his powers back, by the way. Uh, they zapped some, him with a lightning bat yeah, thing. Doing some Benjamin Franklin shit with a Batman kite. Bat kite, if you will. <laughs> bat kite. Uh, bat, so kite. bat kite. Hell yeah. So Deploy he, the bat kite. Yeah. Smart Barry sees that their efforts are, are in vain. They're they're at an inflection point. No matter what they will they do, no matter how hard they try. They cannot win. And it's also having catastrophic consequences on the multiverse, which is collapsing into itself. So Dumberry turns out to be the mysterious figure from before. He's been stuck in the multiverse for God knows how long trying to save his mom. Because I think some of the things that I, I don't think this movie gets a lot of credit for is there's some really great character moments in this film, uh, particularly between Affleck, and Barry and Keaton and Bar- and and Barry, their versions of Batman, and and the fact that this kid overhears that his mom is the reason that that the other version of Barry came back in time, and that if Barry goes, you know, like he's going to lose his mother, and it's devastating. And so he is literally like any nineteen-year-old kid refusing to acknowledge that this situation is impossible he fails to see everything except 
that he has to save her. But in the end, he saves Barry from his older, eviler self, which caused them both to disappear. We then get a tremendously uh, sentimental and tear-jerking moment uh, between Barry and his mother before he heads back to his rightful timeline. And there we discover... Not before altering the past to exonerate his father. That's, yeah, well, and that's that's the problem with the movie. But we'll hold it. Go ahead. Well, yes, he goes back. All should be well, except Batman is now George Clooney. Who yeah, the fuck be, is again, this? <laughs> because Barry didn't learn his lesson, he still altered the past. That's the biggest problem with the movie. Yeah, whatever, because at least this movie says that if you mess with time, things happen, which... Are, are we going to ignore the time spheres? Are we going to talk about like the... Yeah, we're going to talk about them. Now? Because I mean, that feels integral to the plot where you get you these big spheres. If you didn't enjoy the time spheres, fine, whatever. If you want to be one of these people from from uh, Twitter who claims they know exactly how the estates of George Reeves and Christopher Reeve feel about this, sure. Let's do it. I, I saw nothing wrong with this moment. It was a celebration of DC the CGI is a little wonky, but they're in the Speed Force. So a so lot of things look wonky in the Speed for Force. For the audience, if you haven't seen this, and mom, if you haven't seen this, why would you? Honestly, I spoilers to you. But the way they represent the Speed Force is in what feels like a rotoscoped old school. Well, how, the, how, what do you describe that is... where they turn the crank and it's the individual pictures that spin. Yeah, he's sort of in a... He, he's almost in a... What do you call those things that like... A, where you go look at the constellations. He's seeing all these things around him, three-dimensionally, right? Like the, the, the entire multiverse is around him. Planetarium. Yeah, a planetarium. Yeah. Now but that, that's a... when it's collapsing in on itself. Before that, it's just his life. Like he's in a snow globe and everything outside the globe is his life and everything that's happened. I mean, let's just go through the cameos. We get the uh, George Reeves Batman from the black and white serials. Well, he's Superman, but yes. Yeah, super, I'm sorry, Superman. We we get Batman 66 very briefly. We get an extended shot of Christopher Reeve, and I can't think of what the original Supergirl's name was. And, yes, and Supergirl. And Supergirl. Let's see. We get uh, Nick Cage's... Superman lives to fighting the Thagarian snare beast. Thanagarian snare beast. Thanagarian, sorry. That's about it. So the way they represent time travel, though, is on tiered levels within the dome, which honestly is kind of a clever effect. On their individual spheres, each universe is its own sphere. Yes, exactly. And and that's that is what it looks like in in the multiverse too yeah in, it's so in, all of the, the multiverses comics. are represented by their yeah. individual spheres yeah. but within the tiers of the sphere are meant to be just moments that these characters have lived and like clearly the cgi is not meant to be photorealistic and that's okay right but it also is still unsettling it, there's so, an uncanny effect to it, but before you go, Chumps out, Helen Slater is Supergirl, the actress. So mm. it's nice to see her there as, as well. Yeah, I, no. I love everything about this scene. I, I I don't get why people get so upset about it, especially I, the Nick Cage thing. It's like, 
That was like, oh, no, that was my favorite part. Not even question. Yeah. I just wish Nick Cage, from what I've heard in his interviews, I wish he would have had a better understanding of what they were doing. He made it sound like he didn't know there was going to be a spider. Whatever. That is what it is. But I want to ask the panel a question about this scene. What DC multiversal character would you have liked to see in that? Because it really wasn't that much. There was like, what, five cameos? It was the most famous ones. Yeah, but, they, but you know they did the, a nice job. There was uh, more stuff that could have been there. What would you guys like to they see? They did about? a nice job establishing the Snyder Cut as canon, which I appreciated very much. What, what with Affleck? Uh, well, there's parts and of that Zod. when they mention him going back in time at uh, Prizarnov, but also uh, Momoa's Aquaman pointing at him after he tackles him in the Superman fight. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep, uh, yep. But no, no. But what, what would you like to see in that like multiversal scene? What, uh, what, the the, the Flash, Reynolds. the TV show Flash, one hundred percent. TV show Flash. Yeah, you're saying and, and his dad who yeah. also played the Flash. Oh yeah, uh, in the, the in the from, 90s from the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I, I so, loved that show as a kid because you do get Jay Garrick, but it it would have been oh, f- it would have meant more to me if it was the guy. Yeah, that's true. You do. I forgot about that one. Uh, so you're saying Green Lantern, Ryan Reynolds? Is that, is yeah, it's time for Reynolds to to embrace oh. his Green Lanternhood. That would have been good. That would have been well, killer, man. Well, the rumor was he would have been Hal Jordan in the Snyder Cut, but he didn't have time. So no kidding. Yeah, um, I heard Linda Carter was considered, and maybe they never shot it. That would have been nice because her scene in '84 is awful. Captain Cash. DCAU, not even close. Oh, yeah, sure. Kevin yeah. Conroy, 100%. Batman. You get the Mark Hamill Joker. That that to me, you like I, again. I don't know. Like it's all like, oh, this is black and white, and this is this color. Like if you could have put in the DCAU, the DC animated universe, yeah, yes. arguably the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Arguably the greatest representation of those characters ever. Yeah, I'd I'd love that. Now, now here's would it have added anything? Yeah. No, been my, nice. my only argument is maybe they thought it was too far. And then all of a sudden, Spider-Verse comes out. Or I guess, did that come out before or after this? I mean, the either way, they were in development around the, the first same one time. Was before. Well, yeah. yeah. And um, in Spider-Verse, they mix live action and, and animation. And you're like, it, it's just cool. It works. Yeah. No one complains. So, um, I think... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker would have been great. I would have loved that too. But that, that, I mean, that would have been a huge really shock. Relate to any of the Batman? It, it, it would. It would. Well, but there is a Bruce Wayne in his universe. It would have, like He's a child. That would have been a big shock. The, the animated stuff would have been a big shock. Tim, uh, Tim Reynolds, um, Ryan Reynolds would have been a big shock. That would have got a reaction. Well, from the what about that, Christian Bale? A, a Bale would have been great too. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. And there was so much you could have done with that, and people would have gone crazy for it. You know, I'm just I mean, saying it, it wasn't the biggest part a, of the In movie. a perfect it world, was... we would have gotten a what killed what killed the dinosaurs? The, the Ice Age. Age. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That that's the definitive answer right there. Uh all right. I mean, so, we did get Clooney Batman eventually. So I, I, mean, I did like that. But it should have been on the table. When we talk about the ending, I'm gonna explain why we were kind of robbed. Uh, but first, before we go to our first break, how many beers are required to sit through the flash? Uh, we'll go to Bling Blake first. What do you think, Bling? How many beers? I mean, it's two and a half hours long. That's the biggest factor here. So I want to be clear well, about that. Now I'm just gonna stop you there because it's 225. 
but the credits are literally over 10 minutes long and you don't get the Aquaman scene, which is funny, but also useless until the end of the credits. So it's really 2.15, but I it, the movie is a little bit long. I won't agree. So it's four beers. I'm just, I'm torn on if I give it one pain or if they're all enjoyment. I don't think there's anything like wrong with this movie. I don't, I didn't hate this movie at all. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was good. I like the baby scene. CGI doesn't bother me. You guys know this about me. I don't, I don't mind that stuff as much. So I don't know. It felt longer than it needed to be, but I could have taken another two hours of Keaton all day. So I don't know. Uh, just call it for, for enjoyment and move okay. on. Okay. I'm going to piggyback on you before we get to the to negative Chumpzilla. I'm going to go three and a half enjoyment and a half pain because I, I cannot sit here and say the movie is without issues. I think the end in the fight with Zod, it's not as strong as it could have been. Yeah, that's I, fair. I think it has very cool moments, most of them revolving around Batman, but it's just not as as strong. And, and they give up super easy. Uh, but I get it. I it's how the movie has to go. So I, there's a half pain beer in there. It's not my favorite DCU movie. I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I would have loved to see Ezra play this character. You know, permitting that they were in a better place mental health wise, that they wanted to to be in the limelight and, and do it again because. They carry a heavy load playing two roles in the film, and they're great. So I'm I'm three and a half and 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 half. It but, is uh, good acting, even if uh, they're kind of dicks. Yeah, or... Captain Cash. What do you think? Uh it's long, man. Two and a half. It's five. But I will say it's two enjoyment to my three pain. This isn't a bad movie. It's just three pain. Wow. Yeah, Seems well, heavy. It, it's not though. For two and a half hours, like, like if this were ninety minutes, I'd call it three enjoyment, two pain. Yeah, I just there's there's this is all of the worst parts about Far From Home with none of the good parts. My See, my issue I is I don't. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I, I uh, Far From Home's indisputably a better movie, but. But Keaton is so much fucking cooler than all the dudes I, they brought back for that movie. Listen, I, I'm not trying to say that Keaton's not great and I don't want to hang out with him. But all of the fan service, just uh, in a, a lot of the ways with Far From Home, is directly tied to do I care about these people because I've seen these movies yeah, before. It's directly tied to that you love Marvel more as well. And answer me this, without... Willem Dafoe, that movie kind of fucking sucks. I mean, well, Dafoe, Molina, and Argue. Dafoe does a lot of heavy lifting. Oh, no, he he absolutely does. He absolutely does. Hold on. We've always said it. Any cape flick is only as good as the villain. So that's not a knock. Yeah. That's why it's a good movie is because that is a good villain. And that's why you bring him back. Well, it's a knock because it wasn't his villain. It's from a different universe. Which, again... It's still Completely. a Spider-Man villain. They're all Spider-Man. Like I, I, you're, you're splitting hairs here. Yeah, I, I mean, it. All right. In fairness, having the villain that kills Aunt May be a separate universe's Green Goblin 
is sort of a cop out. That that just is. The problem with the Flash is I don't care about anybody but Keaton. And then you introduce and erase Keaton as though it never mattered to begin with. That's that's the issue. Okay. Right? Like no, save so, that. so 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 wait save a minute. That for later too. Yeah, but basically what you're saying to you does, save it too. Just no, give us no, your hold, fucking thing. Okay, it's a two pain, two enjoyment. Um, the movie's not terrible. It's a lot of fun in some parts, but it's half baked in others. So that's why it gets the two pain beers. Um, but hold on, what you're basically telling me is that you would have been upset if in the Flash movie instead of Michael Shannon, we got Terrence Stamp. Be like, well, that's lame. Terrence Stamp would that would that would have been just as no. Good. I'm not saying that. That would have been just as good. Well, then why are you complaining about Defoe? Because Defoe is by. Is by far the best villain Marvel's produced, and he's not theirs. You can't say uh, that for the for the DCU. There's oh, okay. DCU he's a, he's. A, I mean, it's a, the characters Marvels. The, the actor was in the Sony films. Okay, I'm sure. I guess, dude. They had they didn't have shit to do with those movies. Don't those movies just hold way more weight? They're way more emotionally powerful than any of the Marvel Spider-Man movies, which are mostly goofy bullshit. Anyways. Okay. So let's go to the break and I, Captain Cash sit on that thought because I want to talk about the ending and what they erased from this movie and what we could have had. Uh, instead, we got George Clooney, which is fine, but not nearly as emotionally resonant. So on the other side of the break, we've got some lingering questions about The Flash. Hello, and welcome back to our 227th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking The Flash, and we are on to our lingering questions. These will be quick-fire questions. Uh, number one was, why did this flop so hard? We're going to skip it. We kind of talked about that earlier. Bad pub for Ezra. The announcement of the relaunch of a new DCU. And also, uh, they couldn't really do any press for the movie, because Ezra was... Uh, essentially yeah. at home trying to you know uh, be I, well and and they there wasn't really aside from a a, a premiere stop invading homes and stealing things yeah there wasn't throwing uh, chairs at people there was no other press tour to speak of and i think that hurt it so yeah I, I, and all that bs aside t-dubs i think you've also got the issue that there really wasn't a lot of momentum in other dc movies leading up to it nothing nothing in the justice league or aquaman or wonder woman like was leading up to whatever this story was going to be so it felt very standalone-ish and at one point it was hyped up as going to be like oh it's going to reset things and this is the next big thing and then to your point then james gunn steps in and says nah it's 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 nothing. Still so, the oddest timing for an yeah. Didn't James Gunn ever. say though this is like one of the best comic book movies ever? Yeah, but that rings kind of hollow when because like, he had hey, to. Here's my entire slate, and none of it includes the Flash. I'm just I'm saying, this is, politics, man. It's also, politics. He can't, word of mouth was not kind he, to this. He is it. contractually obligated not to yeah. shit talk it. Yeah. And he did very little other than tweet a couple things like, go see The Flash. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, all that is totally fair. But let's get on to more exciting things, such as how awesome was it to see Michael Keaton don the cowl again? Bling, bling. So dope. 
I was so excited. We got a we got a long hair hippie one flip flop on Bruce Wayne. Well, we got Keaton. a we got a bling Blake Bruce Wayne for about two minutes. <laughs> he was great, and then he comes back to get nuts with us. We get an I am Batman. We see the old Batcave. We get the Batmobile. We get the Bat plane. Everything was awesome. So, so first of all, it's the Bat Wing. Yeah. Second of, of all, my, it was pretty great. One well, of my thing favorites. I did with my nutsack. One of my favorite things about this movie, because we can all complain about CGI things um, here and there, but they recreated the Batcave and, you know, they went and picked up the Batmobile and yeah, we didn't get to see him drive it, but that's fine because they did the really cool moon shot when they, they eject from the plane in Siberia and it mimics the, the moon shot from Batman 89. But just to see the Batcave realized again, was so so rad and everything with keaton rocked and i'll i'll stand by it i think it's some of the best batman shit we've ever got batman fought a kryptonian hand to hand doing as much batman shit as he could and then looked at shame we didn't get that in bbs i will say however that kind of hand to hand yeah Yeah, i mean kind of for a little bit and then Uh, then we got the warehouse i will say dude come on relax I gotta say, in that Kryptonian, you know, mano a mano fight, he does do a ton of Batman shit. And to your point earlier, Cash, that is some of the most Batman the animated series stuff I think we've seen Batman do. I don't know why to me, but the cadence of that action, the way he kind of like grappled with him and planted the bombs, to me that felt very much like that Bruce Timm, Batman the animated series Batman. And that was great. It was good Batman stuff. It really was that likes like that's the Batman I know. I love all the nostalgia stuff, the moonshot, the callback lines, and and you mentioned earlier him asking about the people's weights. That's just great Batman stuff. Again, Batman is always doing the math. He's, He's the world's greatest detective. A Russian prison cell with a flip phone. <laughs> I, it just that just that's great Batman. That is peak Batman. Uh, that's right up there with the warehouse. Dude, everything in the in the Siberian prison is incredible. It's incredible. I, I did like that we got a true bat cave again. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you get a pretty gnarly one in uh BVS has a better one than the, the bell ones, but it's really not the bat cave because the way it's like a bat don't. warehouse. Like yeah. e- e- like first bail one, second bail one, okay. And like, then I mean, just like the Dark Knight, the the yeah. the gold standard for Batman movies, has no Bat Cave, and that no, sucks. he just exists in like a in like a tech room. He's in the danger yeah, exactly. room without any of the danger. But <laughs> here we got the full Bat Cave. I did really like that. Fair credit where credit is due. Yeah, the the Bat Wing dropping down from the ceiling like a bat. Yeah, that was good. Really rad. So I guess. We we sort of talked about it, Captain Cash. You said Nicholas Cage, but favorite bit of DC fan service. I, I'm going Nicholas Cage too. When the Thanagarian snare beast showed up, I was there opening night at a twelve o'clock showing. I stood up and clapped. Not even kidding. I was the only one who did it though. And you know what? I didn't care. That was for me. And I fucking loved it. So when oh. I saw this in IMAX, the place went bananas. When I saw it with general audiences, because the IMAX thing was like for fans, right? Yeah. Uh, 
people there was like a smattering of, of like oh but most people are like what the f- what the fuck is this but so i i really geeked out uh captain cash i think you're incorrect you may have thought you were the only one in the audience geeking out what you didn't see was standing behind you at the back of the theater was john peters shedding a single tear and golf Just clapping. nodding solemnly like yeah no john, john peters Our dressed tour. as a polar bear <laughs> the <Crying>. most dangerous <laughs> predator nature's greatest hunter um I, I, you know that's by far the most out there uh cameo they could have done i, I think the, the the next closest thing would have been ryan reynolds as as green lantern yeah, but just, just nobody, sure, like, like no one would expect them to call back to that but but that's not even anywhere close to the level of the Nick Cage Superman. That's like a whole nother level of like, that's a thing that didn't even really exist, but they gave it to us. That was awesome. I thought it was one of the coolest things any comic book movie's ever done to say, hey, especially because he's, 100%. Not, a, he's not like as an actor, he's gone from being a punchline to being like, everybody loves him again. Well, he's, he, which he I really from, enjoy because I mean, he's hold awesome. On. But. That's not fair. He went from up and coming to an oscar winner he was an internet punchline for like down and out in a punchline long time and then he's come back i mean everybody shat on the superman thing dude the costume tests i you know that that was after the fact though i i I, you know i I think that's harsh to judge it because it wasn't released at the time i don't know either way i would have loved to see the movie uh blink blink favorite, favorite bit of dc fan service well, you know, I'm not as uh, well versed in the comic books as as y'all are. So for me, um, I, obviously the Nick Cage thing was awesome, but I can't be the fourth person to say that. So you can. I was because it was, but <laughs> it was still. it was dope. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was really happy. Superman still was to see uh, was to see Christopher Reeve again. Oh um, yeah, no, that's fair. That yeah, that's just that, that that's, that's our Superman, pick. you know. So I was I was really thrilled to see him there and. I know there's some debate about whether the George Reeves thing was in good taste or not, but Christopher absolutely was, and it was cool to see. Our Superman was Tim Daly, sir. Oh my god! I mean, he is, and his son is Superman. So here's here's a, a good one. Jack Quaid Superman's not bad. As long it's, as yeah, that's true. Favorite action scene or super heroic moment from the film? I'm on record, obviously, saying I love everything with Keaton. My favorite moment is absolutely you're strapped to your parachutes. Where's yours? And he just shoots down into the Siberian sky. And then you get the bat wing in the moon. Also, the dumb flash yelling, this rips dicks. <laughs> dumb flash is meant to be unlikable. He is unquestionably the bad guy. But it's, yeah, I mean, I, I hate to say that like, the reality is, Ezra Miller is probably a very good actor, irrespective of what they might actually do as people. And whether you choose to separate the art from the artist, I'm not here for that. But they are very capable of being likable, which is weird because they're very unlikable through a lot of it. But man, they nail it with young Barry. When he gets shot through the leg... And he was like, why didn't you tell me we could get shot? Like, why did you think you couldn't? When he goes, I got this jabroni. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, again. And he gets shot in the leg by a scientist. By like Just, a, a scientist fumbling with his gun. 
it's very like I understand why they got cast. I just don't understand why we couldn't have had that from the word go. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Blink Blake, favorite super heroic moment or action scene of the film? Uh, back to to Dumb Barry when when he tries to do the 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 moving around of people like carefully, but then suddenly it goes poorly, and he and he carries Barry like all the way across the room, and he starts throwing up, and he goes, "What did you do? He's <laughs> what like, did I you moved do? You, but just a little bit, just a little." <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I know that probably wasn't the most super heroic, but uh, it was funny and it it but that it but felt that very true to the character. Great. And yeah. that leads into Batman going, "This is gonna hurt." Yeah, swoops down and just starts murking dudes. Dude, seventy year old Batman, like this is gonna hurt, and jumps down a missile silo to start fighting people. Uh, it's great. That I love the Russian prison, all I of it, it. But yeah, I, I also love when when Smart Barry tries to like cozy up to him when he's going to use the bath grapple and he just grabs him by the belt and like tosses him. He's like, great. Everyone's fast, but me now. Uh, Chumpzilla. Um, I'm going to go with maybe a bit of an outlier here, but I liked a lot of the, the Kara and uh, Zod fight stuff. I thought that was, yeah, that, no, that was pretty, it was, pretty, good too. It was yeah. pretty brutal. Like it was two Kryptonians punching it out. It was, Maybe not as dynamic as Man of Steel, but it had weight. You know, you could tell they were heavyweights, but, but when they it were also knocking, felt knocking like around. she had been in prison for a long time. Like she got tired fighting him. Yeah, you know? no, it, it, so. it was realistic. And then, like you know, I'll just say it again. I really did enjoy the Batman stuff with uh, with the Kryptonian too. That was just that just a plus, top notch Batman stuff. Just being cunning and quick and. You know, using devices that was cool. So I, I like solid Batman chip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, before Captain Cash goes, I'll just say second favorite was the highway chase with the Bat Cycle, which most of it they shot practically. They blew up a tanker. It's rad. If you own the movie, watch the extras. They built that cycle. It's super cool. I really like that stuff, and I, I like that that Affleck got to have a little bit of more closure. After his miserable experience on and, Justice and it, League, yeah, and I didn't love the, the suit though. Didn't love the suit. No, that's no. what I'm saying. Screw all the haters. The gray and blue suit was gray dope. and blue. The cryptic, like, stuff. yeah, I didn't mind. Awesome. So I got cool. the gray and blue. I, I like gray and blue too. I, I will tell you this: in motion, it looks great. When he's standing there, kind that's of goofy, fair. yeah, did not look great. The it's just the toy, textures or whatever. The hot toy looks fucking awesome. Well, really? I mean, if I had toys, that'd be yeah. If I had six hundred bucks, I'd buy him in the bat cycle. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love the gray and blue Batman suit. Don't get me wrong, but that specific suit, not the color scheme, just that suit looked weird. And I think it, you're right, yeah. T Dubs. It looks wor- worse when he's stationary. Stationary for sure. Captain yeah. Cash favorite I moment. I liked it. Whatever. Screw you guys. I th- I think we've run through them. I was there for Thanagarian Snare Beast. What what else am I supposed to say? True. Uh, so. Now we're to the ending, and this is where we bring you back in Captain Cash, because as you said, like, you just kind of, he dies. Supergirl dies. You're kind of like, what the fuck? So did the ending work for you or not? And then I'll say it worked for me in that I still like the movie. I would have preferred the shit they shot that we're going to talk about after you guys tell me whether it worked for you or not. So we'll start with you, Captain Cash. The biggest problem of the film for me is the message especially told to you by Batman who is rich 
is like, hey, you can't change the past. Things just have to be how they are. And sometimes you need trauma in your life. Kind of sucks. Well, that, he didn't say need. He said it yeah, gave me but, who I am. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. All, I mean, also. He like didn't we, say need, but it's what, what what is the message the story is telling you? Barry's mom has to die. Bruce Wayne's parents have to die. Not, well, it's also I, I don't you, love like, the message, but that's super, not the problem. Superheroes are just like us. Like they experience trauma. And just because they have powers doesn't mean they can just go back and fix said trauma, which is sort like, of like that's life. Like life sucks a lot of times. Okay. But go but, on. But because time travel is not real. Yes. But all the reason that they become superheroes is the trauma they experience, right? Batman becomes Batman because his parents were killed in front of his eyes when he was eight years old. Barry becomes the Flash because his mom was unexpectedly killed when he was 10. That's not true. Barry becomes the Flash. Stop. Stop accident. right now. The entire point of this film is that it requires that because when that doesn't happen, Barry becomes a college fuck up. Oh, he he. We, he doesn't not, become the Flash because he doesn't have the know. internship. We it requires know. smart Barry, who has experienced trauma, to literally drag fuck up Barry, who is a fuck up because That's his he has a nice home life. That's his interpretation of what needs to happen, which again could be him being wrong, right? Like, that's like, oh, wait, you have to be here. There's no saying that like, he has to be there that day to become the Flash. It could have happened at a different time because his life is different. Right, maybe old here. People also, yeah. I mean, People the big exist, you know. the big gaping hole of the movie is that Eobard Thawne is nowhere to be seen. That right? yeah. why why is Barry's mom dead? Yeah, it's it's Eobard Thawne. It's which is not provided because it creates a whole different movie. But accepting that the message of the movie is heroes require trauma. My biggest narrative problem. Barry doesn't actually learn the lesson of the movie, which is don't fuck with the timeline. He still fucks with the timeline to get his dad off of of jail time, and then it just ends with. But didn't he? Just oh, put, it's Keaton Batman and his tooth falls. Didn't out. he just put the thing back where it was? No, no he, he lifted it, the, it up on the top shelf. Okay. He, yep. So he his, changed him around. So his dad had to look up. So his uh, face. So yeah, exactly. Well, and, okay. Yeah. And that's before you couldn't see his face. It, if it's um, a. If it's a metaphor for how you can't change the past, you have to make the best of what you have going forward, which seems to be the message of the film. The The main character does not learn that objectively because he still changes the past to get his dad off. <laughs> and the audience is just meant to go, no, no, it was right to change the past. Oh, wait. But it's so uh, much of the timeline, so it's no. a muddled message. Well, but that wasn't the original ending. Before we go to Chumpzilla, subjectively, your interpretation is that all heroes require trauma, but I don't think that's really what Batman says to him. No, I no, no, no. My my point is no, all heroes don't require trauma. The the point of the film is. My parents were killed I, when I was young, I so I, now what, I'm Batman. Your mom died when you were young, but, so now you're the Flash. But if your I mom hadn't died, all the message of of that. If your mom hadn't died, Kryptonians would have flown to Earth and killed everyone. 
And no, I, just, I think this is you being you. Like what? this is you no. like being overly nitpicky. I, I don't think that that is the, the yeah. message. Like yeah, I disagree with the, on, on the premise. I'm not saying that you're that you're wrong. I, I I'm I saying you're entitled to your opinion, but I think you're taking it a bridge. I think okay. the message of the story is is nothing to do with trauma makes you a hero one way or another. I think the message of the story is. You have to accept your past. You're dealt the and hand in the dealt. same And in the same breath, I'm willing to say to you, I acknowledge that they kind of shit on that premise with the way they end the movie. Okay. The uh, Flash it, doesn't become the Flash because his mom died. The Flash pursues criminology because his mom died, and then he becomes the Flash. Yeah. I, I, I think the message is that there's there's just some events that can't be changed. And by getting hung up on the past... And trying to re repeat it over and over again is damaging. You have to learn to move on and go forward. True. Like, now th th that's to me that was the yes. that was the true message because that's. But the, what, what does the main character do? Uh, hold on, hold on. It's called so, setting up a sequel, bro. Yeah. So, so now, and, now wait and a again, minute. That's not the original end of the yeah. movie. Yeah. Nailed it, I guess. It, what's very clear here, though, is that Dumbberry's. Hey, uh, he's unable to. Accept what does Captain that. America do when he goes back to the past? And what does he do with old Steve? I guess we never know. He, he lets nine eleven happen. But is what he, he does. He does let nine eleven happen. He lets nine eleven yeah. happen. Oh, but, I, but he but just the, wants to get his rocks off. I guess that's better. Well, well he like, did his on, job it's, first. It's a comic book. Movie. No, no. I, I, I make I'm sure to move out of Manhattan. That's a goddamn truth. I'm a, I'm on the same page with you here, T Dubs. I think that's probably the strongest part of the movie is when Smart Rary tries to convince Dunbarry because he's come to the realization like wait a minute there are these canon events that we cannot avoid so we've got to learn to work around them we can't fix everything with time travel some things are just anchored in time and we've got to work around them our mom is one of those things too and he and Barry has to accept that smart Barry can Dunbarry can't that's why Dunbarry dies because Dunbarry has lived on. with it for yeah, you know, however many years now. Yeah, but, but anyway, but uh, so I'm totally fine with that, and I think that's the true message of the movie is that you can't get hung up on the past. You've you've got to, like you said, T-Dubs, deal with the hand that's dealt you and move forward. Now and look at Barry me, comes Cash. to that at the end, and I think it's a throwaway small tweak he makes with his dad because that's not a canon event that can be changed. And I think and his dad Barry's didn't kill his mom, right? He's not changing. Yeah, something it's, it's, significant. His yeah, dad it's very, is an innocent man, and it leads to a very tongue-in-cheek ending that wasn't the original ending. I don't. I wouldn't now, put too much weight on that. Yeah, here's what I'm going to talk about. Now, for one, Captain Cash, you know me. You know what living in the past does with you. Look at me. Look at how it's aged me. You know what I think about every day. I think about 13 seconds. What what nostalgic <laughs> tattoo you're going to put on your body? Next? I think about wide right every day. Oh, I think about Chris Norwood. Uh, his name is Scott. <laughs> You know what I I think Andy Dufresne living your life one but, mile at a so time. Captain Cash, here was the endings they shot for this movie. Because, I'm aware, as you know, the DCU was constantly in flux, so they shot one with Superman, as played by Henry Cavill, and Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck. In my mind, I would have preferred that because hey, yep. this is it. This is the big goodbye. It's sort of like, uh, hey. Here's here's your guys one last time. Thank you for everything, everyone. There was also an ending because there was a time that Michael Keaton was going to be the new DCU Batman, where that small change, he's alive, and so is Kara Zorel, 
there at the courthouse, again, a better ending because uh, as a person with children who love Batman and I took them to see this and they loved it, but they were also very curious why Batman had to die. And they don't kind of get like the, uh, the machinations of Hollywood where I'm like, well, you see, he was supposed to be alive and he was going to be at the end of Aquaman, but instead it's just guy eating a fucking roach burger. Uh, but so either of those endings, even if you're rebooting the universe, why not give those to us? Like, what is the harm in that? I don't get it. Because that's what the Snyder cut was, is the answer. That yeah, was your goodbye. Cut, but the no, Snyder cut no one... ruled, and it also came out way before these. I know. I just If this so, had made a billion dollars. The Snyder cut came out way before James Gunn was in the picture. No, I, what? No. Yes. Did it? Yes. He he was not. I thought it was post-Suicide Squad. No, it was in March. No, I, I mean, listen, I believe you. I, yeah. Snyder Cut came out before I came on it the show. It was March, and Suicide Squad was, well, August I joined of that year. Wow. God, I love that movie. Yeah. Not Snyder Cut. Too. And I, I love awesome. James Gunn. Snyder Cut's great. And the and gray I'm one sure is he doesn't have everything to do with this. But David Zaslav sucks ball sacks. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. That's and I would have liked to guy. say goodbye to these guys. And end on a note that's not a, a joke. You just have to settle for that uh, peacemaker scene. Oh, settle? That's, yeah, that's as good as it gets. Oh, that's right. Fuck? You mean that that happened, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, and this movie could have benefited from a better version of that. I agree with you hundred percent. If this movie ends with Keaton and Carl Zorel, forget about Cavill and everybody else, that really goes a long way to the way people and by the way, that was the ending people saw. And that was the reason this got super high test scores. Because people fucking love Michael Keaton. That's fair. But do you want to build your Batman franchise what? around a man? So the rumor was, though, Captain Cash. You're that, goddamn that, right I do, that, son that of Ke a bitch. The old man Keaton was going to be the bridge across several different sets of characters. Yeah, one he, was, the other. he was in yep. Aquaman's post-credit scene. They Which so. If, as a mentor type character so if i can if this somehow could have worked out where we saw keaton be batman in, in a stack of batman in a weird time sphere thing one of them is where it ends where batman is old man batman to batman beyond but well, that, also somehow integrated that in happened. yeah that would have happened that, and then listen, and then and then you lead into uh, Gotham Knights and then have fun with that crew. Agreed. I only so, know about Oakland Knights. So you got to I only the, know about Gladys Knights. Night. You don't know nothing about no Pips, Chumpzilla. He just said he didn't. He knows only about Gladys Knight. All right. Uh, let, yeah, let the exactly. Pimps are separate. Yeah. Exactly. Let Captain Cash finish because we got one more question and we got to get into the trivia. So my biggest problem with this movie is it invites too much of what I wanted it to be that it could never have been. And I, I work really hard not to judge a movie on, I wanted this to be the answer and it wasn't, and that's dumb. As far as w which ending could it have possibly had, don't know the answer. I, I agree that the answer was not end on a joke, particularly with a tooth falling out of Barry's I, mouth like a chiclet. I, I, is it a callback? I, I'm 
bad. Yeah, he had his tooth knocked out earlier and they glued it back in. But oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen this movie for a hot minute. Okay. But this ends on a callback to a thing that isn't significant enough because there's not the history behind it that a lot of the other really big pop moments require for you to watch this movie. It also isn't just funny enough on its own that you go, oh, okay, great. But it's also not forward-looking and exciting enough where you go, oh, man, his tooth fell out. That means it's this. That's the the problem. It's I th- a, it's I think a it half measure. It's a muddled answer. I think if Michael Keaton shows up and then he shows up at the end of Aquaman, that's exciting. True. They, they went a different direction and that's fine. They have a plan. But, you know, but I feel like a... this movie should have just given us Keaton and her. And it's like, holy shit, whatever I did, we did it. And here's this guy who, and they have a really great moment before he dies too. Like, I, I couldn't save you. And he's like, you already did. Because essentially he was just living out his life. And it had no meaning anymore. And then all of a sudden it had meaning again. Like he was a hero again. Yeah. And that that like meant a lot to me. And it was also sort of a, a commentary on the fact that he had left this role because of studio fuckery. Bullshit. He gets years to come ago. back now. Yeah. And, and yeah. he was back. So, you know, that I think that scene probably doesn't click with a younger audience who doesn't necessarily have the same nostalgia for Keaton's Batman or the, and the knowledge of how he basically didn't get to end that role on his own terms. And what I think really adds another layer to it is, uh, is Birdman. Well, yeah, Birdman, which is pretty meta. And and you can tell that's definitely Keaton kind of working through some of that weird experience being a, a Kate hero that defined him for, you know, almost a decade effectively kind of get out of that shadow. And then here we get to see him literally on screen, in a, in a somewhat meta way, acknowledge like, hey, here's my closure with this character. Pretty rad. If living our lives is the worst case scenario, what are the four of us doing? What are you, the listener, doing? I'm living okay, my man. life Jesus one quarter Christ. mile it's at a, a time. <laughs> here's the last question before we get to the quiz. And this is pretty simple. I mentioned it last week, but if you could go back in time to change one thing about the DCU, what would it be? My thing is the panicking after BVS and just let it run its course. Let's go. But I'm going to throw an interesting curveball at you. And this doesn't have anything to do with the DCU, but Superman 2, love that movie. But if I could change one thing about the past of anything DC on film, they wouldn't have fired Richard Donner which was a uh, snowball effect, which led into uh, the absolute abominations that are Superman three and four uh, because it was a power struggle and, and Donner was a really smart guy, but that, that would be it. But yeah, of course, just let it run its course. The GCU Captain cash. If I could go back in time, I'm running, I'm seeing the time spheres. You know what I'm going to do? Oh, God. It's really important. I want you to look me in the eye. You know what I'm, I'm going to sure do? I'm sure it's super profound. I'm going to advise Heath Ledger to maybe don't take them sleeping pills. Buddy, we're going to hang out. It's going to oh, be good. Well, now I feel bad. But uh, and yeah, that's the be... first thing I would do. Because you know what I want to do? 
is I want to live in a world where Heath Ledger is alive because somehow I, I truly believe the good universe is the one where Heath Ledger lives and we get an equally good Batman start, an equally good Iron Man start, and we live in the world where both the DCEU and the MCU are goddamn gorgeous and beautiful. And Hillary won the 2016 election. And it's the good universe, guys. I mean, I, mean, I would definitely good change one. that for sure. Uh, Chumpzilla. Can I get some goddamn applause? That took it. I had to think that up. Thank you, Blake. Fuck. If I could change just one singular thing that I think might make a difference, just one single thing, it would be not to put Doomsday in the trailer. Oh, yeah. Totally. Just don't put him in the trailer. That movie probably does better if that's not in the trailer. Uh, Still one of my favorite movies to this day. But yes, that trailer is maybe the worst trailer ever cut. I mean, how much do you think how much do you think that cost them? I'm gonna say I'm gonna Uh, say easily two hundred million dollars. I'd say easily a hundred. Yeah. Easily a hundred. That's my I I think it's the worst trailer of all time. It was the entire three act arc of the movie in one trailer. Yeah. Here's the movie in two minutes, folks. Come see it. I hate that trailer. And I love that movie. Uh, Bling Bling. If I could change one thing, it would be find a better solution for Henry Cavill's upper lip in the Josh Stash <laughs> League. And you know what? There's a really easy solution for that, right? Let that stash ride, baby. No. Well, yes, that would be awesome. True, But really, it's let let the Snyder cut stand as canon and be done with it. Like we don't need the Joss Ash league. Yeah. No. I, if I could cast that movie into the sun, like Lex Luthor does Superman's DNA and Superman four, I would. That movie is an affront to my sensibilities, but we're going to head to the break. And when we come back, we've got the multiverse trivia challenge. Hello, and welcome back to the 227th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We're talking The Flash. And gentlemen, we are on to the Multiverse Trivia Challenge. We have a standard five-question, multiple-choice format quiz, and you will be playing for The Flash's super sweet ring with the suit inside. Now, I know, Chumps that probably won't fit you. Bling, bling. I'm at three-quarters, Chub, right now. Let's go. Way too tight for your bulge. But you could pin it to the wall or something like J. Jonah Jameson does Spider-Man suit. It hurts on my penis. You know where it hurts most? My dick. Uh, your chime-ins are, I'm Batman, or Let's Get Nuts, or This Rips Dicks. <laughs> or or c- Can I do it? It hurts on my dick? Yes, you can definitely do that. Yes, uh, you or know. any of the pod standards. I, 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 can my chime-in be, it's roomy? Yeah. Remarkably roomy. Way stretchier. I also love the inside joke about the Batman suit being stretchier because it was notoriously not stretchy. Not stretchy. These are my stretchy pants. Gentlemen, are we ready? Batman's a fascist. All right. So, number one. So roomy. For a character known for his speed, the Flash movie took forever to get to the big screen. It even cycled through a host of directors before Muschietti finally helmed it. Which of these was not one of them? 
Is it A, Seth Graham Smith? Is it B, Rick Famuyiwa? Is it C, David Yates? Or is it D, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein? I... Batman's a fascist. Damn it. Bling Blake. Yates. That's correct. David Yates was not. Ah, that's what I would have gone. It was, it was a total guess. If I was, it was bulgy or not bulgy. Damn it. I would like to see a John Francis Daly and his partner. Uh, so they had this. actually written a version of the script and they were going to direct, to direct the movie. And so had Seth Grant Smith, who did the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and some other stuff. And this would have been his first directing effort. Uh, saw, he was the original early director. I saw a quote recently on the socials that says something along the lines of like, if you want to make it in Hollywood, I strongly suggest being on Freaks and Geeks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'll talk more about Hollywood in my recommendations because uh, I went to an interesting book event tonight with a uh, very prominent writer, director, producer, and it was super cool and I really enjoyed it. But we'll talk about that after the quiz. Number two, from the time it was announced to the time it actually hit theaters, all nine seasons of the Flash TV show were aired or airing. How many episodes did it span? Is it A, 164? Is it B, 174? Is it C, 184? Or is it D, 194? I'm going to shoot. Bling Blake. 184. Holy shit. How did you know this? Nine, nine times 27. Son of a bitch! It's <laughs> a sin. Am I dumb, Barry? And Blake is smart, Barry. It's wow. just math both uh, times. So I watched. God damn it! I watched like six seasons of The Flash, and I really enjoyed it. And then it eventually came to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I like King Shark, not yeah. as much as Stallone King Shark, though. No, I love Gorilla Grodd. Gorilla Grodd's one of my favorite villains. Also and I would, a good point. I would love for that to be a big screen villain at some point. So fingers crossed. Uh, what if King Kong, but bad. Yeah. And, and mental powers. Yeah. Bonus question. Ezra Miller actually made one appearance on the Flash TV show during this crossover event. What was it called? It's so bulgy. Captain Cash. It, I mean, it's Flashpoint. The answer is Flashpoint. I, I watched it when Jesus. it happened. It's Flashpoint. No, it's not Flashpoint. What? Oh, shit. Oh, no. I know what the uh, answer is. Uh, oh, fuck. Okay. Yes, brother. This rips a dicks. All right. All right. You barely uh, deliver the packages, jump, UPS man. Jumpzilla on the count of three. Ready? One, One two, two, three. Christ's son, Christ son of Earth. Correct. Yeah. So Chumpzilla, one point. Bling Blake, yeah, no, two points. I, yeah, I walked. That's my. That's on me. Oh, man, I can't believe you missed <laughs> that. That really. I, I even name dropped it earlier. I'm, yeah. I, I know what Crisis on Infinite Earth is. You. Did. Yeah, it's a rip they off. Did a secret a, yeah, no, I know. To be I, fair, they did do a Flashpoint event. They so. did. Yeah. I, I know. I just and ugh. also I loved all the crossover events on the CW it was, shows. Yeah, yeah that was. That, what was the, what was the sister show? Future Heroes of Tomorrow. Something? Heroes of Tomorrow and Supergirl, uh, and was, arguably the Arrowverse crossover. Arrow, yeah. 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 Oh. 
and you know and and our boy brandon routh was on on that he was this captain adam or yeah. the adam yeah well he, he was king of come superman too though and and he oh, did king right. of come superman in crisis on infinite earth so that's right it's cool uh number three in 2019 ezra miller was reportedly unhappy with the script from john francis daly and jonathan goldstein so he teamed with this storied comic book writer to craft a new one, a darker one. Is it A, Grant Morrison? Is it B, Mark Wade? Is it C, Brian Bucciolato? Or is it D, Francis Manipool? Want to shoot? Bling Blake. D, Francis Manipool. Incorrect. Damn. If he got that right, I was going to be like, fuck, did I send him yeah. the wrong Yeah, one? no, I mean, thumbs up. <laughs> So it's Grant Morrison or Mark Wade or Brian Bucciolato. That oh. mm. shit. Wade would absolutely do some of the ah, Wade doesn't do terrible. Listen, no one no one sets out to make of a terrible thing. I feel like Wade can kind of lean into the darker side of things, which is my thing. For the record, they didn't choose their script. So what is this world where you chime in and then fucking work through? Yeah, the yeah, answer? Yeah, yeah. What is like, this? Oh yeah, okay, fair, do, fair do, enough. Do, I guess my answer is gonna be Morrison because he really does a shake up good. That's correct. That's oh, there nice. we go. Oh, nice. I'm surprised by that. Really? I, I, well, no, I, I just no, I just didn't think that uh, Ezra. I didn't think they'd have that kind of pull. So Bling Blake, you're kind of screwed for this one. It's two one to one. Number four, the Flash was loosely adapted. From 2011's Flashpoint storyline, mm. which of these plot threads is not part of that story? Is it parts a, and parts? <laughs> well, you haven't the, heard the them. war with the Amazonians and uh, no, no, Atlantis. not part of the, the the comic story. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So it's in, it's in the movie, but not in the comic. No, 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 no. It's just this is part of the comic story. Yeah. So, so which of the, these plot points is not part of the comics? Not, not in the comics. Oh, and not I'm part of the comics. I didn't read the comics. Sure. Yeah. So is it a, it. It's actually, it's, it's good. Martha Wayne, distraught over the loss of her son, goes insane, murders Alfred, and eventually becomes the Joker. Shit, this is the worst part. I got I keep my face very still because I know it all B, these answers. Ready? Aquaman and the Atlanteans are at war for supremacy with Wonder Woman. And it's the that one, you guys. You should pick B. Definitely pick B. <laughs> is it C, Superman suffering delusions from the toxic effects of Joker's gas inadvertently murders Lois Lane and his unborn child? Or is it D, Cyborg in a world devoid of Superman and where Batman is murderous and vengeful, serves as the world's quintessential hero? Parts and Tarts. Captain Cash. Pocket C. That's the Injustice universe. It's yeah, different. It's Injustice, yeah. Ah, I, listen, I, I, I fucked up that first one. You redeemed so, yourself. Yeah. I thank you. It's two to two. Fire rises, brother. The finest rhythm. I'm in that movie, you guys. I know. Barely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously. Honestly, counts. after it we counts. saw it, the less you're in it, the better. <laughs> Listen, the less everybody's in it, the better for being real honest. Didn't end the strongest. Go on. So we're two to two to one. Guys, you're playing for the ring. You can't all share this ring. I really like, and the only person who'll fit is Kevin Cash. So you better win this thing. I'm sorry, Bling Blake. You're around my pinky. pinky. They just, do they have like a like a a, a a Kalo version of the Flash ring? Does it silicone? come in men's sizes? It'd be a pinky ring for for Bling Blake. 
Uh, number five. A dinky ring for and this one. Like... This one will actually be tough. So Ed Wade, the actor portraying the second version of Barry, is also part of the cast of this DC-related project. By the way, he's also in this movie. He's the reporter that asks the question as Barry leaves the courthouse and he says something about spaghetti. So some of the tech they use for this movie is super cool. And if you're interested in that kind of stuff, watch how they created the two berries because he was essentially acting opposite this guy, Ed Wade. And then they digitized over him and then he did ADR and, and, and stuff. It's very cool, but it sucks for this guy. It sucks for Dang. this guy because you don't, you, nobody knows, right? Uh, so what other DC related project nobody was knows. he in? Is it a Batgirl? Is it B Shazam Fury of the Gods? Is it C Pennyworth or is it D the Batman? I'm gonna shoot Bling Blake. D the Batman. He's not the Batman. God damn. Farts and Tarts. Yes. No one's seen Batgirl, have they? Nope. It's Batgirl. He was in Batgirl. <laughs> so this guy Good how do you know reasoning. how does anyone know it's on his imdb what? Uh, so i'm in bad girl on my imdb so watch how they film this movie you know this guy had to really do some incredible work with shit strapped to him and then he gets this other role and then this asshole's ass left cans yeah. the movie for a tax break. I, I, I read an article about this. Like, hey, he's he's been in two DC uh, you know movies, but nobody's seen his face. And he's he seems Joker. like a really good guy. He's a great sport. Um, yeah, you dude. can see it in like the the deleted scenes and behind the scenes stuff. And you know, he had to physically act super well because half of it, like, you never know which uh, Barry Allen is Ezra and which is this guy Ed. Because it changes from scene to scene. So, but it's really cool. Because I think for all the shit the CGI this movie gets, like the the Barry doubles are incredible. Oh, that is very good. So, uh, all right. Well, on to recommendations. Uh, we'll start with Bling Blake. What do you recommend this week, Bling Blake? Not dying of pain. Don't die of pain. I, that is, uh, don't do that. I didn't get to do a whole lot of like new media this week, but for whatever reason, probably because it's part of his original universe, there were parts of this movie that that very much reminded me of of Zack Snyder stuff. Um, and I rewatched Man of Steel and BBS this week. Uh, they're both on Max, I believe. God bless um, you, you beautiful. Or maybe they're son on Prime right bitch. now. I can't remember. They're, they're on one of them. Uh, watch Read me. I don't Tubi. think so. I, I think it was on. I think it was on uh, Max. Tell uh, me you watched the ultimate cut though of BBS. Uh, no, I think I just watched whatever one came up first. But I, I was happy for whole hours of my time to it's three to hours. Jack off. I enjoyed both. I like them both still. They're good movies. Watch them. Okay, that's great. Uh, C- Captain Cash, what do you have on tap this week? I think the first thing I'm going to recommend is. Anything produced by John Peters because the man is a visionary. He said, You put Superman against a giant spider, you have absolute gold. And this movie 
proved him 100% the fuck right. I mean, turns out it was pretty goddamn rad, right? He's not <laughs> like, look, Ed, you know what? We gave him a lot of shit historically. Maybe we were the bad guys, you guys. Yeah. At the Maybe same we time, we should though, let him cook. 1997. Don't think it would have looked like that. Yeah. I just, I'm just saying, Superman versus a giant spider. That failed Superman project crawled so Wild Wild West could walk. <laughs> that is 100% true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in earnestness, what I want to recommend this week is I have been listening to the book Making It So by Patrick Stewart. It's just his memoirs. Just very joyful and pleasant. Is chapter 12, Toss the Child? I like, I, like the I commercial with Creed. That is certainly like chapter 20. But I'm I'm in about 10 hours into a 20 hour listen. We haven't hit Dune yet. I oh, can't yes. wait to hear what his experience is on the set of 84's Dune. Dude, is him like. and Sting did so much cocaine. <laughs> I just hanging out. I mean, I, not even a little bit. Like, is all the cocaine in all of this? Listen, I need to ride the moonworm. The spice must flow, brother. I am the Kwisatz Haderach. Anyway, all right. uh, uh, yeah. But no, in truth, I don't believe he was a heavy drug user. But no, I think he's just a theater guy. Honestly. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it's, it's very enjoyable. It's great to hear him talk about how excited he is to like be a part of the Royal Shakespeare theater and a number of other it's, it's wholesome and it's nice, you know? I mean, he's got an atypical career, right? I mean, he became very famous much later than most actors do. He was 43. uh, Samuel L. Jackson. 43 when he was cast as Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Jesus. Not being Jean-Luc Picard. You know what you're doing with your life? Arguing about subpar superhero movies I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on a podcast yeah you know um, what you should be doing mm. making it so mm. all right so chumpsilla what do you recommend this week okay so my recommendation is going to be a good person it is a 2023 zach braff movie starring florence Pugh and morgan freeman and it's a straight to streaming feature on amazon prime um it's a decent movie. It reminds me a lot of one of my previous recommendations, which is a bit of a spoiler, Another Earth. Um, it's very much in the same vein of Garden State. Um, so it's, you know, it's a dramedy, but it's a little more nuanced and less twee than Garden State. So I'll give Zach Braff some credit there. I think he wrote it as well. Um, it's got a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is a little overly harsh in my opinion. And regardless, it's worth checking out for free on Prime. A good person. And if you're if you're a crier, just you know, be warned. So Thunderous Wizard, get out the tissue boxes. Yeah, bust oh, out the tissue I'm brother. a big time crier. So my recommendation is a Malaysian uh action movie called Wisra, starring Harul Azrin. And the whole reason I watched this is because I saw on Twitter some account uh, posted one of the fight scenes between him and Ya Yan Ruhian, 
who was in the raid and the raid two and the raid two, he's sort of the demented guy who walks around with a machete and messes people up. And he's incredible. He's a, he's a great action actor. And they had a scene where they have a knife fight and the movie wasn't great, but their fight was incredible. So I watched it. It's free on Netflix. Check it out. My second recommendation would be I went to a book event with Ed Zwick, who was the director of Glory and Blood Diamond and The Last Samurai, and he produced Shakespeare in Love, and he directed Legends of the Fall. And it was really insightful. I thought it was a great uh, experience. And so I bought his book. I'd already bought it digitally, but I now I have a signed copy of his book, Hits, Flops, and Other Illusions, which is about his 40-plus year career in Hollywood. So if you love movies, um, particularly his movies, which he's made a lot of good movies, uh, buy the book. I I think it'll have some... I've heard some podcasts where he's talking about it, and there's some really cool inside baseball stories, but he seemed like a great dude. Uh, it was a great event. So if he's doing a book signing uh, around you, I would recommend going. He's very nice. Answered every question that was asked. I had a blast. Yeah. And I love movies, obviously. So those are my two recommendations. Uh, now, remember, you can find the show on Facebook threads, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK, Captain Cash is c-a-p-t-c-a-s-h on most social media chumpsilla can be found at chumpsilla8 on twitter mccheese is lost in the multiverse if you can find them that'd be great because uh i think we left them in there which sucks and uh Bling luck, Blake can be found at hbof bling blake on threads and at bling blake on twitter if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on shows on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. Well, two things. This podcast straight beeves, but also take it from an old guy who's made a lot of mistakes. Don't live your past. Live your life. Don't let your tragedy define you. We'll see you next week. For the third entry in our super heroic flop series, this time I get to be the negative SOB because we're talking Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, not that it good. Is, it's, not, it's not good. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> it doesn't beave. <laughs> Tell you that much. It definitely doesn't rip dicks. Depends on does, which uh, depends on which multiverse or which universe uh, Urban Dictionary we're using because my beef wrong. In the greater multiverse, we all rip dicks. I mean, isn't that a life goal to rip dicks? I feel like we're living in different multiverses right now. Oh, jeez! Isn't that the whole multiverse. point of the multiverse, though? You either beef or you rip dicks. Take your pick. Again. On a long enough timeline, we all both beef. We all both rip dicks. Pat, they were wondering why a man would rip his dick off before he beaved. 